Hi, it's Sunday morning, uh, the day before Tiny's Esther, and I'm going to hasten to do the next uh, podcast, which is going to be a continuation of the past one, um, the gossip and chip chat from the Gonagira, and uh, this is going to be sponsored by the Pollocks, Paul and Kathy Pollock, uh, a little bit of a mix-up in when we undertook it, but it doesn't matter, uh, the main thing is this is in honor of Kathy's uh, successful return to work. Uh, and I know what that means because I'm trying to do that also. I'm trying to do that also. So uh, uh, that's great. Welcome back to business. And I'm going to, as I say before, as someone who's been there and is there at the moment, I'm trying to get back to work also, especially uh, Purim is around the corner. Uh, those who are in in Baltimore area probably know that I have my seam and seam and everything we do at my house. Um, at one thirty uh, this year, you know, Mincha always varies. Uh, one thirty, and then we have the Masiba and everything like that. So whoever's listening is certainly welcome to come. Um, I have one of my Zaini Dvar Torahs. Um, but let me get down, therefore, to to talk about this piece because there is a a connection, as you shall see, with uh, Tainus Esther, uh, which is interesting. We're going to the tenth century, and last time. Uh, I quote, I'm, and I'm reading it from the original source. In other words, this is the place where people get their information from. And uh, maybe a tiny bit more besides this. And then they speculate or shoot the bull or whatever. And uh, again, this is from Nosan Abavli, the Chronicle of Nathan of Baghdad, who lived there in the 10th century, who was a yeshiva guy or a member of a kolel or something like that when they had this whole elaborate business that I'll get to perhaps in another time. Now in a gaonic mood. And uh, has to do with Sadigon, uh, as we shall see. Now, again, just to set up the Zitz and Laban, we're talking about the Abbasid Caliphate in uh, the 10th century, when it was still huge, although shrinking. And there's the Caliph, and, and he's the boss. But under him, the Jews have three positions of power that he permits. One is the Exilarch, the Reish Galusa. Um, who was uh, an important figure in, the, in at the court? So in those, he's like the political head of the Jews under the domination, of course, of the Muslims. That goes without saying. And then there's the two yeshivas that by this time, by the 10th century, had moved to Baghdad, Sur and Pumadisa, which were the Harvard and Yale, you know, the Oxford and Cambridge, and that's the place where the Talmud is cultivated. That's the place where those are the schools in which the Talmud had been formulated and edited, and the head of each yeshiva is the go'on. In other words, it's not like today you call everybody a go'on. That time's a very specific title, and they had other titles under them, Reishi Kala, Reishi Kala, Reishi Galvasa, Reishi Mitzivasa, Dayana Debava, all the stuff you say in the Yukon Porkon, and more. And our hero, which is uh, Nathan of Baghdad, Nathan Abavli, actually goes into great detail uh, in his chronicle describing the different roles and we'll see that the yeshivas in Surin Pumbadisa during these centuries, especially the 10th, 11th centuries, really went for the extreme ceremonial. You understand? In other words, everything's done very protocol-wise, um, at least in public. And therefore, power and money are involved, not only Torah, and therefore there's going to be contentions between the position of Reish Galusa on the one hand, the position of the Rosh Hashibah Zagonim on the other. The ideal situation is when they get along. Everybody knows that. 
Um, but what happens when they don't? And, uh, you know, each one expects deference from the other. The Gonim expect to be deferred to by the Reish Galusa because they know more than him. The Reish Galusa consumes himself David HaMelech. And he also wasn't a... The Reish Galusas I'm talking about at this particular time, it's 10th century, by and large, were not Amaratzim. Now, they're not Gonim, but they're not Amaratzim. And then you also have the richy rich, uh, very powerful merchants who have a great deal of say at the court because they're the ones who lend money to the viziers. And in those days, when you lend money, it's not like you expect to get it back. You know what I'm saying? So basically, it's a certain kickback. Uh, 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 um, it's not a bribe exactly, what the French call a dessous. You make things a little bit sweet. Hold on one second. Okay, where was I now? Um, to get specifics. So we saw last time that there had been a race galusa named Ukva, and he was deposed, and then restored, and then deposed. And then you need another race galusa. And Reish Galusa needs, among other things, sort of the um, acknowledgement of his position, the legitimacy of position, by the two yeshivas. Um, so they had the ability to confer this legitimacy. And as we saw, Sura went along with it, but Pumbadisa did not. Until after a whole series of adventures with this guy Nisi Nurani, who was like a Valmoifus, a Makobal, as we say today, and he persuaded um, the yeshiva Pumbadisa to acknowledge the uh, successor, Reish Galusa, David ben Zakkai. So now everything's great. Everybody's on the same page. David ben Zakkai is the Reish Galusa. The head of Sura is the Rashiva Sura. The head of Pumbadisa is Rashiva Pumbadisa. They've worked out among each other how they divide up the tax revenues of the monies that the Jews used to send in from different provinces to keep the Yeshivas going and to keep the uh, Reish Galusa in high style. And so far, everything's okay. But then, of course... Sooner or later, it's going to be trouble because one of the three is going to die. That's what happens. See, either the Reish Galusa is going to die eventually or the Rashiva of Sura or the Rashiva of Pumbadisa. In our specific case, it was the Rashiva of Sura. That's what happened. So in other words, David ben Zaka is the Reish Galusa. I hope I'm not losing you. It's not so hard. You're dealing with three positions. And uh, then the question is, all right, if the Rashiva of Sura died, you got to get a new one. And that has to have the okay of the Reish Galusa um, not of the Yeshiva Pumbadisa, but of the Reish Galusa, and who's he going to get? So it says, that when the Rosh Yeshiva died of Sura, which was one of the two Yeshivas, then the position was empty, the Yeshiva was like orphan, meaning they need a boss. So Dov ben Zaka, the Reish Galusa, as a matter of responsibility, he's going to have a very important role, maybe the role, in uh, picking the next guy. Um, remember, they have all the money, everything worked out so far. And the question is who? So in good old style, he's Miss Yates. He, ta- he consulted with different people, players, who should be the next head of Rashi Basura, next Gon. Vashagrel Nisan Norailios Rosh And he went to this Nisi guy that we talked about before, the Makubal, and he said, since you were so successful in getting me in the office and getting the acknowledgement of, of Pumbadisa, those people definitely respect you. So you be the Rosh Hashiva, but he turned him down because he was blind. Rosh Hashiva needs somebody you can see, and I, he said he's, he's blind. Right, Nisi did. So what do you recommend? Pick your, you know, pick your own candidate. Whatever you want to do. So basically, here's the politics 
of the Yeshiva world of the 10th century. The Rosh Yeshiva is gone. How do you pick the next guy? Now that's, by the way, just interesting. Because how does it work in the Yeshiva world today if one Rosh Yeshiva departs? Well, does he have a son? Does he have a son-in-law? Does he have a Talmud Muvuk? Do other factors enter into the picture? The answer is yes, and so forth. So here, he narrowed down his candidates to two finalists. He's going to pick from one of them. One was this guy, Sadia, who you and I know as Sadia Gom because he gets chosen. Salma Fiyumi was from Egypt. And the other guy was Tzemach Ben Shahin, who nobody's ever heard of. But obviously, these were two great Talmud Chachamim. Kibar Avon Ba'uryeb. Tzemach Ben Shahin was a Bar Avon. He had big yichas, and he also was a Talmud Chacham. And so, the Adab ben Zaka, the Reish Galusa, went to the blind guy who he respected, and he says, I intend to pick Sadia. I'm, I'm down to two finalists. Either this guy Sadia or this guy Tzemach. So the blind Makubal said, take my advice and don't pick Sadia, pick the other guy. Which is interesting. Why? I mean, let's put it this way. Sadi was a gigantic Talmud Chacham, as you and I know. So he says, Sadia is a loose cannon, he said. He's a giant Talmud Chacham. He has a big Yerushalayim. He's not, he's like Los upon him. He won't show any respect for anybody who disagrees with him. He won't kiss up to you. In other words, he's not diplomatic, as we would say today. I'll repeat the language, which is interesting. He's, never, he's not afraid of anybody. And he doesn't uh, flatter anyone. He's very eloquent. So in other words, he won't stay on the reservation. You understand? He's a loose cannon. And uh, so he, he's smart. But it's not to be a successful Rosh Hashiv, he says in Tigonim, you not only need to be a giant scholar, but you also need to be a diplomat. You know what I mean? You need to be a diplomat. Rot not rock the boat, make machloikis. Amala Rosh Galusa, Karnofsis Kamti Well, he said he said to the blind guy, Me, myself, and I, I've decided that I'll go for Sadia. Okay? Hey Shivanisi. So the blind guy said, I say Masha uh uh all right, do what you want. But I just want to tell you, if he becomes the Rosh Hashiva Surah, I'm always going to back him. You know what I mean? In other words, I'm telling you now, it's not a good idea. But if he becomes Rosh Hashiva Surah, I'm loyal to him. And, uh, you know, if any fight happens, I'll be on his side. That's basically what he said. And he goes to Shabbat Nei Koin Tzedek. Nei Talmudi Shimpun so, David Menzaket Reish brought the new candidate, Sadia, to the other yeshiva, Pumbadisa, and with their agreement, everything in a big ceremony, they named him to be the go in the Rosh Yeshiva So far, so good. But the blind guy was right. Sadia was not diplomatic, he was argumentative, and within a short while, a big argument broke out between the Reish Galusa on one hand and Sadia on the other, even though the Reish Galusa is the guy that appointed him. But, you know, Sadia was that type of person. And so everything with a big machloik is everybody divided into two parties. Are you in team A or team B? 
וכל השירי בבל תלמידי הישיבה שחשוב במקום היום סדיה. לעזור בכוח ממונה בהסברת פונה מצל המלך וזר ויוצר. And as we saw last time, whenever you had these fights within the Jewish elites, they would, right or wrong, they would appeal to the caliph, to the Arab government, to the grand vizier, because they're the ones who actually had the power to force decisions. So all the richy riches of Bavel, and the Talmidim and the Yeshivas, and the Chashua people sided with Sajigon. Isn't that interesting? Bekoch Mamonam, so they paid off the Arab officials, and they um, lobbied with the king, and all the big Arab machers. This is how life was lived. There was a guy named Kolev ben Sargido, Ozer Reish Galusa. He was a buddy of the Reish Galusa. He was loaded also. So he tried. So let me put it this way. This is just terrible. The mom Yisrael was They spent more money bribing the Arabs, Team A and Team B, they could have put that money into the yeshiva and everything would have been great. You, you get what I'm saying? In other words, they ended up spending all this stupid money on lobbying efforts because that's what it was. And even the 60 grand didn't work. Because had bigger millionaires on his side. They could out, out, outbid that. There was a family in Natira who we'll speak about later, and uh, and they, these are the these are the Reichmans of yesteryear. You know what I mean? Veniskani Kalev Zeber Rav Sadia. So this guy Kalev was really angry because he put out all this money didn't help. They should call Zeba Loshen Varam Gal Bechachma, and he was a Talmud Chacham also and a big speaker. Right, and any time they would ask him a Shaila, he would give an answer. Tom Echadishnaim with one or two rayas. I will Sadiqon mostly as a yodas, but Sadiqon could give ten or fifteen rayas. And let's put it this way: Kolev was a gans fine at Talmud Chacham, but he wasn't Sadiqon, who was a gadol, you know, a gadol gadol. So this made Kolev kind of angry, you know, jealous of him. And it turned out that the big fight between the two sides had to do with chatzers courtyards. Because I guess the courtyards belong to people on team A, team Reshkalusa. And apparently a big Yerusha hit and they wanted their share. And I guess the brothers were arguing over the Yerusha money. And they ended up, at least this is what it says in Hebrew, they ended up saying, we want the Reish Galusa to pask in this case, uh, and we'll give him 10% as, as a payment, you know, uh, for, for, for sitting as a judge. Right? So apparently it came out to 700 gold coins, which was a lot. And so the Reish Galusa sort of settled the Yerusha fight. In other words, he, he said, this is how you're going to divide it up. So in other words, they this is nothing wrong with it. They said they have a fight among the brothers over the Yerusha. They they acknowledge that they're not going to be able to settle among themselves. They recognize the Reish Galusa is also Talmud Chacham, and, and he's the Reish Galusa. 
So you decide, instead of having a long court case, you decide how to split the money up fairly among the brothers. And we'll give you, like I say, a piece of it as as, as a as a scarba uh, tailor or something like that. And um, he did. And he wrote it up and he said, okay, listen, I wrote up the final division, the psak. This brother should get this and that brother should get that. Sent, I want you to go to the two Gaonim and they should be Mekayimit. No, they should agree. Shagiacham el Rav Sadia. Well, you know what happened when he brought it to Sadia going, He saw stuff that he didn't like in it. I'm shocked. <laughs> but Sadia said, because he didn't want to make a fight right in there, he was smiling and he said, Go to the other Rosh Hashiva in Pumbadisa, and if he signs it, I'll sign it. That's because Sadiqon didn't want to come out openly and point to Dabrak here, something ugly, which I don't know what it is, nobody knows, that he saw in this document, okay, in his opinion. Uh, so they went to the other Rosh and he signed it. So they said, okay, now you sign it. sort of backed out what he promised. And he says, listen, you don't need me. You got two already. You got the Rosh, Rosh Galusa did it. And the other Rosh Hashiva did it. Leave me out of it. Why don't you sign it too? I don't know why. He wouldn't say why. And they bugged him, bugged him, bugged him. And there must be him, whatever. In the end, is he told he Sadigon revealed the defects that he discerned in the document. So they went and told the Rish Galusa Sadigon doesn't agree and he won't sign in all that. So Rish Galusa, who didn't want to fight, sent his son, his own son. And and say lechem ar b'shmi shekamis stars. Go to Sadigon and tell him in my name. I want you to sign it, to to confirm it, mekayim it. And he did. He went there. So basically, he said like this: Do me a favor and sign it. And Sadigon said to the son, No, lo sakir mishpat. There's no favoritism when it comes to choshen mishpat, and I don't think it's right. And he did it again. Right, and the the son said to Sadigon, "Don't be stupid. Just sign." Right, and he begged him because he didn't want a fight to break out. The son of the rich Galusa, but Sadigon said no, and he sent him a whole bunch of times. Okay, and obviously the rich Galusa was all angry. And he cussed out Sadiqon, but the son didn't share that with Sadiqon. The son tried to stop the Machlokas. He, he, he said, I'll give you money if you sign it. I'll be Mephais, you, whatever. Meanwhile, Sadiqon kept saying no. And finally, the, the father, the, the Reish Galusa, blew up. So the Reish Galusa went to Sadiqon like this. If if you don't sign this, I'll beat you up. I mean, the son said, I'm sorry. So in other words, he tried many times to do it 
Derech Shalom. But when he wouldn't do it, he said, okay, I'll do a Derech Mochama. Hadavar Yatsim Pianar. Well, when he said, decide you're going to sign it or I'll, or, or I'll beat you up. Yatsim Pianar. Anshi Sadigon. So the other people in the room, like Sadigon's uh, team, his Talmidim, took the Reish Galusa's son and picked him up and threw him out of the house and locked the door. And when the son came back to the father and he saw him crying and he asked what's going on over here and he told him, So the Reish Galusa put Sadigon in Cherem. So I'm just telling you this now, it wasn't Stamazoi. You know, the one day he woke up and so let's put him in Cherem. There's a background to it, you see. So the Reish Galusa said, by the power invested in me as Exilarch, I depose Sadia. You're fired. You're not Rashi Basura uh, uh, anymore. And I'm replacing you with my other candidate, a guy named Yosef and Yaakov, who obviously must have been a Tamakoham. Now, I'll say again, he wasn't Sadia going, but you know, this is how the fight was. But Gaon Sadia, when he heard about that, he missed Rish Galusa. Okay, Sadiqon said, two can play that game. I put you in Cherem. I depose you as, as, as Rish Galusa. Okay? B'shalach es chasan, achi, da ben zakai du yoshio, lios Rish Galusa. B'makam ben david, da ben zakai ochiv. So basically, he says, I depose you as Rish Galusa, and I, as Gon of Surah, appoint your brother to be Rish Galusa instead of you. Who boy. Okay, so... You hear the situation. So the brother um, acted as Reish Galusa for three years and died. This fight did not stop for seven years. So I just think about that. Suppose I told you now it's 2023. Suppose I told you a fight broke out, you know, in 2016 or something like that. Ever since Trump was elected till today, is a big fight. Well, I hate to say it, you know and I know. There are certain yeshivas. We all know where it's like that. The, the, the Machalikas goes on for years and years. Okay? Until there happened to be a certain Din Torah. There was a certain Din Torah of, of money. And they have Borim, you know what I mean. And each 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 side gets to pick one. And then they pick a third Dayan. And so team one side picks Sadiqon. The other one picked... Uh, the Dove Menzak and Rish Galusa. Oh boy, that's that's a recipe for fire. Shalach Rish Galusa Alisha Shabira Sadiyam Ubarach Melbekibitzob. When the Rish Galusa heard that the other guy picked Sadiyam as one of the members of the basin, he beat him up. Okay, he kobitzob. He, he beat him up. No, you have the chutzpah. The point is a die in a borer. In this case, somebody did I put in cherem? You understand? Halachim Lekor Begonviach. I'll call a begin The guy was beaten up and covered with blood and whatever it ran and complained in shul to the public. And the public didn't like it. Okay? That really, if you're. Basically, everybody was supposed to be subservient to somebody. That's the old days. So some were on, for whatever reason, were on the Reish Galusa team, and some were on the Sadia team, and some were on the Pumadisa team. And you can't use violence, team A, onto team B. Okay? So those you can't go and, and beat up the guy who, who picked Sadia because he was on Sadia's team. Uh, 
but he did it. So basically, it used to be, if you are, let's say, I'll just give you an example. Let's say I was a Talmud, or my father was a Talmud of Surah, and I had a Din Torah. It's expected that I would choose a Borer, somebody from Surah. And you can't come and say, how can you pick somebody like that? I'll give you an example nowadays, even though it's not really the same thing. Just to make a point, it's not the same thing at all. Suppose a guy said like this, there's a, a, a din Torah between uh, a modern guy, let's say, for example, I don't know, I'm just making this up, a modern guy face in, uh, in Teaneck and some really unmodern guy in, uh, let's say, Lakewood. And, they have a, again, and, they're, and they're making a burris. Well, the guy from Lakewood is going to pick somebody from, from YU or something like that. What's wrong with that? And the guy from, La- from Lakewood is going to pick something from Lakewood. And one can't have tightness on the other. You see? As long as they're both Tamidic Chachamim, can't have tightness on the other. So how can you go beat them up? Um, and if somebody comes from a foreign country, he says they could pick whatever borough they want. And um, and the guy who was beaten up was not on the Reish Galusa's uh, team, wasn't from Tinek, let's put it that way, okay? So, this Kapsu Kulma Basha ben Aaron Shu Chasan Kali ben Sargada Shun Gadabavo Mechushim Kama. They went to the number one financial backer of the Reish Galusa, Kalev, we said before, ben Sargado, Vesipal Hechan Egim Machlok Zisrael. And they said, look how this machlokis has turned out. In other words, seven years we haven't settled this. This is turning poison. It's making conditions in Baghdad toxic. You understand? Jewish community cannot go on like this. Amrlo, and they said to this guy, who was the main financial backer of the Reish Galusa, Kali ben Sargado, and they said, Kum, we'll, we'll support you. And they said, basically, the whole fight, let's put it this way, they went, I said it wrong, they went to the father-in-law of the main supporter of the Reish Galusa. The main supporter was called Ben Sargado. The father-in-law was Bishop Ben Aram. It's not too hard to keep that in mind. And they said, this fight is going on because of your son-in-law, because he's bankrolling the Reish Galusa and he's He's supporting the Machlokas. So you, the father-in-law, get him to shut this down. Right? So he got all the Gedoli there, which means the rich, in a house. And this father-in-law got all the members of Team Reish Galusa, all the richies, and he said, How long are you going to keep this Machlokas? Aren't you afraid of being punished? Cut this out already. Fear God and cut out the Machlokas. You know how terrible Machlokas is for Klal Yisrael? By the way, keep this in mind in light of what's going on in the state of Israel at this moment. So cut this junk out and make peace with Sadia Gon. And Get rid of all your resentment. In other words, enough is enough. Seven years, enough is enough. Look at this. So the Reish Galusa said, okay, I agree. Isn't that interesting? Dumb ben Zaka, he wasn't a bad guy. He said, no, you're right. I agree. And so this father-in-law <coughs> turned out to be the intermediary and he went to the other side to Sadia and he said, come in my house. I want to talk to you. And he said the same thing all over again. And Sadiq said like this, okay, I, I agree also. No, let's put it this way. 
the two principal Balamachlaikas, Sadia on the one side and Dov ben Zaka on the other side, agreed to make peace. And so they had a certain ceremony. Imagine three houses, A, B, and C. Imagine if A is on one side, and imagine B is on the other side, and imagine C is the house in the middle. And so Sadigon was in A, and the Reish Galusa was in C, or was in B, on the, all the way on the other side, and they're going to meet in the middle house in C. Get it? So that's how they used to do these things. So, and they meet in the middle. And all the Russia call who were in the middle divided the two delegations. One goes to the house on this side, and one goes to the house on that side to bring him into the middle house. And they brought the two sides together. Right, that have been in Machlokes for seven years to make a public ceremony of conciliation. And they hugged and kissed each other, and they said, "We're putting, we're declaring an end to the Machlokes." When did this happen? It happened, my friends, tomorrow. Isn't that interesting? Because, first of all, it happened like this. If you want me to give a rabbinical sermon, because Esther said, "Leichenosis call you you know. Put put an end to the machlekes, uh, and they said Purim is the right time to do that. I wish that would happen in Israel. Interesting. So this happened on Tainus Esther. Once they made the peace ceremony, so the father-in-law who brought this all about felt like a million bucks, which he deserved to be. Now. This father-in-law was loaded, so he lived in a mansion. So he said like this, I went, now everybody hugged and kissed and made up. Everybody should stay by me for Purim, do the Kriya Samagillah by me for Purim, and have the Suda by my house, right? I'm, I'm happy to make this banquet, right? Bishbiya, uh, Osam, he made them all promise that they would stay that night, meaning Purim, and they read the Megillah by him. Filorotsu, lo reish galusu sadio. But neither side wanted that. Oh yes, it's Oh So basically, the Reish Galusa said like this: We don't want to stay in the same house. I got my mansion; he's got his. But the Sudas Purim, Sadia should either eat by me the Sudas Purim, or by you the father-in-law. Right? That's what it should be. Um, so I guess he didn't want to. You know, let's put it this way. The Reish Galus had even a bigger mansion, you know, see? So, Hitilu Goros Meneim, but Reish Galus ate Sadia. So they cast lots, just like Haman. <laughs> they cast lots, and the end was, Sadia Gon went to eat the Sudas Purim by the Reish Galus, his former enemy. Bechain also. So this was some Purim. Halach Etzlo, Vesadimo Sudas Purim, Vyasha Beis Yamim. He stayed there, Purim and Shushan Purim. So let's put it this way. You can be sure that this was the catered meal of the century because you know and I know something could go wrong at the Suda. So everybody was on their best behavior and he put out a spread and he stayed there for three days. The third day he left, and when they made this um, 
Pshara that we just described, in other words, they made peace, Osa Yaakov and Yosef, what happened to the guy who had been appointed Rosh Hashim of Surah by the Reish Galusa, Yosef and Yaakov, okay? So, um, what happened now? They said like this, in order, it, it, they, they said to him like this, leave the yeshiva. Now, uh, sit in your house, have a couple of students, you will not be in the main building of the yeshiva, you'll be a couple of students, and you will get your salary. That's what he wanted to say. And you'll still continue to get uh, the salary. Okay? So, um, this is the famous story of the Purim, of the, of the, uh, of the, uh, Esther and the, and the Purim that happened in the 930s, 920s, uh, in, in, in the 10th century, uh, which goes, to, which is, let me put it this way, which is a nice story because, even though this is a world full of machlekes, once in a while it happened that they actually made up, which goes to show you that at the end of the day, Sadigan was a big guy, and Dubinzak was also a big guy. You know, I mean, notice they were they were grown ups, and uh, they didn't let you know the machlekes dominate them. Although for seven years they had, and I can be sure you can be sure that for seven years there are all these people that are machakrei riv, you know, that uh, thrive on machlekes. As is the case, unfortunately, in some circles that we know today, um, that's always the way it goes. But at the end, uh, the, the 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 big shots acted big. Okay. Anyway, I thought that's interesting, and this is the source of the famous uh, story. I don't think there's another source of this. I believe, um, I think. But anyway, um, and and there you have it. So. I'll just end by saying once again thanks to Pollux. I'm glad Kathy's back at work. It's quite amazing. We had the interesting uh, pleasure of seeing them. I guess it was two weeks ago when I did my last talk at Shomrin. I hope to Mir Sashem, I hope to do my twelfth lecture Saturday this coming Saturday night, which will which will be twelve out of thirteen at Shomri, and then the thirteenth and I'll be finished the series. But meanwhile, we have Purim ahead of us. And so uh, I wish everybody a good weekend, a good time test, and a good point.